Amen. Thank you, Lord. Well, let's uh, go ahead and turn your Bibles to uh, Matthew chapter 14. Matthew chapter 14. It's good to be in God's presence, amen? It's good to be together with, with His people. It's kind of a nice peace kind of settles over all the all the other stuff that's trying to make noise in our life. Well, we've been uh, we've been kind of talking kind of in a theme here for the past month. Uh, this will be the fourth Sunday, and uh, today um, we're going to just continue that from a from a little bit different angle. Uh, last week, my wife uh, talked about many things; <laughs> they were all good. Uh, but one of the things she talked about was uh, the power of God's love being released in our life, but not only released in our lives, but where it flows to someone else. And we were at home group, and I believe it was Shane up there, said, you know what, that's kind of interesting because that makes an L. <laughs> so if that helps you, you know, you want the love, yes, the love of the Father here, but you want it this way. You don't want them just to receive it from God too. We want to receive it from one another. And when the L is connected, then love is released with one another. So good job, Shane, for giving us that visual. I like that. Um, we've been talking about multiplying yourself. Uh, how do we, you know, when you're loving someone, that's one way to do it. When you allow the love of the Father to change you, and then you love with His love, which is different than letting them experience the Father's love. We want that, but it's saying, hey, no, I am loving you with His love. And it's a miracle. It only happens as a miracle. And uh, I want us to take uh, one more look at, at one of the most famous miracles uh, in the Bible. It is actually the only miracle, and I've said this before, this is the only miracle that Jesus did besides the, the cross and the resurrection, obviously the biggest miracle of all. The only other miracle that Jesus performed that is in Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. Only one. There's a lot of them in two, there's a lot of them in three, but there's only one, this is the only miracle besides the cross and resurrection that is in all four Gospels. And if you read through the accounts, Matthew, uh, Mark, and Luke are very similar. Uh, John always likes to give a different angle on stuff, so he comes at it from a little bit different angle, uh, but it's still the same story, the same framework. Um, the disciples are trying to, and Jesus, are trying to get away from the crowds. They're trying to get away from, to a quiet place. Jesus is trying to get recharged. It says they kind of go to the other side of the sea. It was getting crazy. There's lots of stuff going on. And it says, let's read this in verse uh, 13 of Matthew 14. And Holy Spirit, we invite you to open the scriptures as we read them. When Jesus heard what had happened... And that's the death of John the Baptist. He withdrew by boat privately to a solitary place. Hearing of this, the crowds followed him on foot from the towns. When Jesus landed and saw a large crowd, he had compassion on them and healed their sick. As evening approached, the disciples came to him and said, 
This is a remote place, and it's already getting late. Send the crowds away so they can go to the villages and buy themselves some food. Jesus replied, they do not need to go away. You give them something to eat. We have here only five loaves of bread and two fish, they answered. Bring them here to me, he said. And he directed the people to sit down on the grass, taking the five loaves and the two fish, and looking up to heaven, he gave thanks and broke the loaves. Then he gave them to his disciples, and the disciples gave them to the people. They all ate and were satisfied, and the disciples picked up twelve basketfuls of broken pieces that were left over. The number of those who ate was about 5,000 men besides women and children. So it was really more like a feeding of 8,000, maybe 10,000. Who knows? You know, at least one wife and how many kids with each one? Could have been 15,000. It's, incre- it's an incredible miracle, and it's a multiplication miracle. It's, it's an example of how God multiplies something to bless a lot of people. And that's his whole plan. That's kind of what we've been, we've been drilling that in. Uh, we've been emphasizing that. We've been saying, hey, God is saying this to us, that, hey, we need to multiply ourselves. I'm supposed to pour myself into someone else. And when I do that, and then they pour themselves into someone else, and someone else, and someone else, there's a multiplication that happens in our lives and in the kingdom of God. And there's a couple of principles here that we can get about multiplication. And I want to bring them out here. It shouldn't take more than two hours, okay? I mean, there's, you know, it's snowed outside. There's nothing else to do, right? I find it interesting, first of all, think, set the scene here. First of all, there's several, think of the disciples, there's all the different kinds of personalities, right? There's, there's 12 guys. They're not all, they're not all uh, loud people, they're not all talkers, but they're not all, you know, some are real organized and task-oriented, and some are, you know, all the way to the free spirits who are out there talking. So the people that come to Jesus, it's not the relational people. They don't care. They're out talking with the crowd, right, Ronnie? They're just, they don't even no- notice what's going on. Ashley and all them are just they're, just, they're just living it up. But there's some of the... You know, the people that have to think about things, right? And the practical people, and I'm not, hey, I'm, I, I'm you know, that are th- thinking of things, not people. I'm not saying you're not thinking of something. You're thinking of people. So the emphasis is on the people. I'm not downgrading anybody. But, you know, it's, a, it's the task-oriented disciples who are, like, looking around. They're like, uh-oh, the organizers are like, we're in trouble here. This is, this is a problem. There's about to, there could be a riot here. You know, what, what are we going to do? Thinking of all the bad things that could happen. What do we need? God, we got Jesus. You know, all the talkers are over there just living. Ah, they're having a great time. This is a big party. It's fun. And the relational people are having a great time. But the organized, you know, task-oriented disciples are coming. Jesus, you've got to do something. We've got a problem, Jesus. Like Jesus needs to know information from us. You know, I love it. I love the disciples. How they're always telling him stuff. Hey, Jesus, there's a lot of people here. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> this is going to take a lot of food. Really? That's so informative. Thank you. Uh, don't inform, you don't have to inform God in your prayers, by the way. We don't have to let him know what's going on. <laughs> so, hey, Jesus, let me tell you how, to, how, how this is going to work. And Jesus, he turns the tables totally on the disciples that come to him because they think he's just going to say, oh, yeah, I, did, I wasn't thinking of that. <laughs> 
Maybe Jesus is out. He's probably out one of the relational ones, talking with people. He's just talking it up, loving on the people, healing people. All the kinds of good stuff is happening. And then he ch- said, "They don't need to go away. You give them something to eat." Now, this is my personal opinion, so I'm going to say that. I'm going to. So I submit this to you as John's personal opinion. If you go back a couple chapters, Jesus has sent out the disciples. What is it, chapter 10? He sends, sends the disciples out two by two. There it is, chapter 10. He sends them out, and they go town by town. And what happens every town they go in? The same miracles they've seen Jesus do, they begin to see through their own hands. People are healed, people are delivered, the demons are cast out, and they come back to Jesus and give the report. I believe that Jesus intended to have the disciples release the miracle of the feeding of the 5,000. He says, you, you give them something to eat. In other words, I have given to you, remember we talked to last week, freely you have received, Ashley preached on this, freely give. The disciples had received, and so there was something in them where Jesus says, Look, you can do this. I have given you the ability to do this. You give them something to eat. And I believe God is saying the same thing to his disciples today. Who is going to feed the spiritually hungry people in our city? The disciples. Jesus isn't here. He said, it's better that I go away so that I can be in all of you by the Holy Spirit. So now, rather than having one Jesus, he has a whole army of people representing ambassadors of Jesus who are full of his presence and his power. And so he says, look, you give them something to eat. He had already laid hands on the disciples and imparted gifts to them. And they were operating in them. They had seen them. But when Jesus was around, they kind of reverted back to looking at the situation. Oh, we don't, we don't have enough. We can't do this. This is too scary. And there's, it says in John, it emphasizes this part. This is where John is different. In John's account, it says that Jesus said this to test the disciples. That he was testing them. He was, he was giving them a test. Now, wh- why does God give us tests? So he can know what score we're going to get? No, it's so we know what score we get. And it's not really about score. You get that. It's not about passing and earning a grade. But the point is, it's so we know where we're at. God already knows where we're at. He wants us to become aware so that we can move forward, so that we can grow, so that we can be challenged, so that we can change. And it says Jesus was was testing them in this. Here's the other thought from this. There's people in our lives where sometimes it's easier just to send them away. You know? You ever have one of those people? I don't know. Maybe I'm one of them. I don't know. (laughs) You know, there's people in your life, and that's what the disciples were like. Look, I don't want to deal with this problem right now. I I don't want to mess with this. They didn't even want to check to see how much food there was. Look, you got to send Get these people out of here. Get get out. Get away. See, it's the task-oriented people who get in trouble. The relational people are still living it up, doing what Jesus wanted them to do, right? So, got... <laughs> this 
is so fun. Shane's there too, man. He's like, ah, yeah, party. Having a good time. Sometimes people are placed in our lives that God says, you have something that they need. You give them something to eat. You bless them. It, it's, I've, I've given it to you. There's a reason they're here. It's not so you can just be annoyed and say, send them away. Someone else can help them. Someone else can help them. Someone else can help them. Jesus says, no, you give them something to eat. Freely you received, freely give. And it goes back to one of my first points the first week. You have to believe you have something to give to someone else. You have to believe that God has placed something in your life that is worth sharing. He has. Every single one of us has received something good from God that can be shared and planted in someone else's life. That's, what he was, that's why he, Jesus was expected. This is the natural. We're talking about the spiritual. He may use you in the natural, in the physical, to sow something into someone as well. But this was natural for the disciples. But for us, there's a spiritual kingdom. There's a spiritual multiplication that wants to be happening. There's spiritually hungry people that are placed around us. And sometimes God's saying, you give them something to eat. Oh, God, please send someone into their lives to touch them. He already did. <laughs> we were talking yesterday at the men's meeting. I don't remember who told this story. I think it was Greg Long. But, you know, there's a story of the guy who's, on a sinking ship or something, and, and he says, Oh, God, please rescue me. And a guy drives up in another boat and says, Hey, man, can I, give you, can I get you off this boat? No, God, I'm praying to God he's going to rescue me. And then he sends someone else, and then someone else comes in a helicopter and says, Hello, no, I'm praying God's going to rescue me. And then, then the guy dies. And he gets to heaven, and he says, Lord, how come you didn't save me? He said, well, I, I sent you a boat. I sent you a helicopter. I sent this other guy to come by. You know, I had someone call on your cell phone. You know, I did all this stuff. Sometimes we're the people in the helicopter. Sometimes you're called in to be seeing things from up here, from God's perspective, from heaven's perspective, and drop down a line to someone else and say, look, come up here and let's, let's look at this a different way. Let's have a different perspective. It may be as simple as that. You just help someone see life in a different way. It might be that you are literally rescuing them from some danger, just like a rescue boat coming in. And you might be where you snatch their life from some destructive thing, and you're there at the right moment, at the right time to pray with them, to encourage them, to speak truth in their life, for them to experience the truth and power of Jesus. But we get to feed those around us. Here's the second thing. One of the things that hinders us many times is we focus on what we don't have instead of what we do have. I believe it's in every single place. The disciples say, we only have five loaves and two fish. We only have. You know, it's real easy for us to to think about what we don't have. How many can think of a sh uh, like a shortcoming in their life right now? Like something that you're not perfect at. There's some people that don't have their hand up. No. <laughs> you know, we can all do that. I mean, that's easy, right? Yeah. Probably easy for most of us. You know, we can think of something. We know where we fall short. 
But if I focus on what I don't have, or I can focus on what God's not doing, I'm not going to see miracles. Because what they had was enough to feed every single person once it got in the hands of Jesus. They had everything they needed. But one hindrance of us multiplying ourselves in someone else is if I'm looking what I, I don't have, then I am sometimes hindered from giving what I do have. You know, there's that song that says, uh, I'll remind myself of all that you've done. And Psalm 92 uh, says this. There's so many verses about reminding ourselves of God's faithfulness. If you can shoot that one on the screen. Psalm 92, 1 and 2 says this. It is good to praise the Lord and make music to your name, O Most High. And verse 2 says, proclaiming your love in the morning and your faithfulness at night. Why do we proclaim his faithfulness at night? Because we're seeing what God did. Sometimes we need to be stirred up and remember what God has done. We've recently in our church family with our relationship seen a great miracle. Seen an amazing miracle. But sometimes we forget, hey, about all the other miracles we've seen as well as in life. Man, I haven't seen something for a while. And, you know, sometimes we need to remind ourselves of all that God has already done, not what he's not doing. Because if I'm thinking about what, what is not being done and what I lack and what's not happening, nothing will happen. I might have five loaves in my bag, but I can't, I'm not even willing to give it to Jesus. It was like, uh, didn't you just love the way Ronnie and Carlene shared today and they talked about when they gave their life to Jesus? Both of them begin to tear up. Both of them begin to be, be moved. You know, when you think about what God has done, it softens your heart. It, it, it moves you. And so sometimes we need to remind ourselves, hey, go all the way back to just when you're saved. Start there. That's an amazing thing. I mean, when you, when you truly remember and go, thank you, God, for what you've done, it's a moving, that's a moving memory. That's God being faithful in our lives. Thank you, God, for being there, for rescuing me. But there's also, you know, our lives, we have what's, we're saved, but we're also being saved. What that means is we're being purified and sanctified and, and changed and rearranged and you know so in some ways god continues to save you from things as you grow in your walk with god sometimes there's there's some kind of habit that you're trying to break and then god brings deliverance in that area he he frees you and you can be reminded that he's done that in your life and it's good to think back on those things it's good at night to remember the faithfulness of god after i've gone through something boom i look back at god's faithfulness i go through the day i look back at god's faithfulness i remember your faithfulness at night because i'm looking back and seeing hey god you're working you're doing stuff in my life and when that's happening i'm more likely to share something with someone else i'm more likely to plant a seed in someone else i'm more likely to step out in faith for someone else i remind myself god of all that you've done it gives you boldness it gives you confidence it gives you faith it makes you want to step out and risk something because it's a risk sometimes to sow something in someone's life to, to 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 choose to bless them when they're cursing you to choose to bless them when they're ignoring you
and says once the the lows got in the hands of Jesus it says he he gave thanks and it says he blessed it we have to be willing to give the lord what we have I cannot hold something back from him and expect to see the fruit and the good things released in my life and through me if I'm holding back. My life has to belong to him. It's got to be, look, this is all I've got, God. This is all I've got. It may, look not, it may not look very exciting. It may not look very talented or gifted. But man, it doesn't matter whatever gets in the hands of Jesus. Think of think of this bread. Man, this bread in the hands of Jesus. Five pieces of bread fed five to fifteen thousand people. What if God puts your life in his hand and blesses you? Has he already done that? <laughs> yeah, he's done that for us. Imagine your life in the hands of Jesus. It doesn't matter how little you have. In his hands, it can multiply. It can bless many. Well, it's only only this. No, it's, it's you're in the hands of Jesus. And with that comes favor favor on our lives heaven's blessing favor favor comes into our lives as i am laying my life into his hands favor is released upon me and blessing happens and the blessing who's the blessing for those that are hungry does it feed me absolutely is that the ultimate purpose of god's blessing in my life no it's for someone else it's for me to multiply that in someone else and see, we have to be moved from a mindset. I think, I think just in general in the church, we've come to, what can I get? What can I get? What, we're consumers. You know what? Our country, we are trained to be consumers. There's going to be all kinds of... How much, how much are commercials costing for the Super Bowl? Does anybody know? I haven't even cared to look. $4 million for 30 seconds? $4 million. Companies are paying... For 30 seconds of time for a bunch of consumers. Because they want you to consume something. And they believe that just a little picture of their, it better be a good commercial, uh, 30 seconds for $4 million will get a bunch more than $4 million back in their pockets. Because con- what consumers do is they consume stuff for themselves. It's all about you. When you see a commercial, it's something to draw you into something you want. Whether it's Doritos or Budweiser. <laughs> I don't really want that, but whatever. You know, whatever, whatever it is. You know, it's, there's all kinds of people that consume different stuff. In the church, we're not meant to be consumers. We're meant to be multipliers. We're meant to be fruitful. The tree receives nourishment so it can produce fruit, not so it can just grow. It's so it bears fruit and can make more trees. 
I know I'm preaching some of the same stuff I've been saying, but I want to get it. (laughs) I want to get it myself. I want to get out of the mindset of, God, what can I get for me? To, God, how much can I sow from you? How How do I get out of the mindset that the whole operation of this church thing is not so I can be spiritually blessed. It's so I can be spiritually fruitful. It's a, it's a totally different mindset. Yeah, we want to meet people's needs, and that's the most, you know, the most important thing. When someone comes in, we want them to get their needs met. We want them to be healed up, but it's for a purpose, not so they're healed. It's so they can, they can share that with someone else, so they multiply themselves and someone else, so it's passed on. It's one of the ways the American church has become stagnant. It's because it's become all about, you know, you advertise what's the best this or that in town. Hey, man, we've got the best youth group in town. You need to come to our church. And look, get people into the church who aren't a part of another church any way we can without lying to them or, you know, pay them. Sure, no, I'm, <laughs> you know, just, you know, it's okay to get them in based on their needs. But when they meet Jesus, we want them changed to where they live not for their needs, but to give someone else something to eat. We need the help of the Holy Spirit to do this. Amen. We need his help. We need his blessing. We need his favor. Man, what a beautiful picture. I want I want to picture my life. In the hands of Jesus. Man, God, what can you do with me in your hands? I don't want to picture myself trying to do it on my own. I want to, you know, work up some amazing thing for someone else. But, hey, put me in in the hands of Jesus and let him just speak a blessing over me. That can bless a lot of people because it's no longer it's no longer me. It's, It's him. It's his it's his power. It's his fruit. It's his kingdom. So what I want us to do. Is just re- respond to the Lord. We're just gonna. I'm just gonna pray. But I want us to. I want us to take a second and pray with one another. We're a smaller group today, so we can move around. We've got plenty of time. Um, Super Bowl don't start till 5:30, I think, right? So we got plenty of time. Let's pray for one another, and whatever it is, maybe there's, maybe there's some of us in here that are, we just can't see past what we don't have. We just can't see past our failures. We just can't see past the limitations that we've seen in our life. We just can't see past some of the struggles that we haven't been able to overcome and say, man, I just need, I need, I just need to see a bigger picture. I, I, need a, I need a Holy Spirit download in my mind to, to think differently. You know, what if the disciples had come and said, it's all taken care of. I found five loaves. Keep everybody here. We've got enough. We've got everything we need. We don't need anything else. God has given us what we need. He has given us the provision to feed all these people. Father, we just thank you. Multiply our lives, God. Do miracles in our lives. For Father, lift our, lift our spirits so we might have a different perspective. Father, I just, 
I just think of that, just that illustration of the helicopter. Some of us need to have a different perspective. We need to have a, a heavenly perspective even on our own lives, Father, so that we boldly and with confidence step out, Lord, that we, that we say, I have something to give. I am in Jesus' hands. He has, I have been broken and, and healed and held in his hands and blessed and sent out to bear good fruit. So, Lord, multiply our lives. Show us how to do that. Let us, let us become so other-focused that we're not so worried about what we're consuming, Lord, spiritually, but we're, we're consumed about what we're, what we're sowing, what we're sharing, what we're, what we're spreading around. Lord, I know you want us to, to minister to those who are hurting. So show us, Lord. Show us who's hungry in our life. It doesn't have to be a big crowd. It might just be one person. And you might give us eyes to see. You might, you might just, that person might catch your eye at work or maybe in our neighborhood or just maybe somewhere out in public. And we just, we just notice them, Lord, that you, you just kind of shine a little light on them and say, look at that person. They need something. Let us pray and hear from you, God, and respond as you lead us, Holy Spirit. We thank you for that. We thank you, Lord. Our lives are in your hands. We trust you in Jesus' name. Amen. Take a second. Just minister to one. If you, if you have a need today, uh, share that need. And let's, let's bless one another as we go. And, and once you're done, begin to fellowship. And, and, and you're, you're, you're dismissed to go if you need to. But uh, nobody left out. Make sure nobody's by themselves. Uh, but let's pray and bless one another.